Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the optimal position build for uh, your fantasy draft. How many of each type of player should you be targeting in your fantasy draft uh, this season? Let's do it. Listen up. It's time for the Fantasy Maverick Podcast, starring the guy who's going to help you win that fantasy championship, Jimmy Maverick. Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast. And today we are going to talk about the optimal position strategy for your fantasy draft to make sure you draft the right amount of players at each position for the upcoming season. Now, before we do that, I just want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, please give me a thumbs up, uh, leave a comment, share this with your friends, and of course, subscribe. All those things really help me out in increasing my visibility on YouTube. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much in advance for doing that. So... Let's talk about your typical fantasy football build, which is, in most cases, it's going to be one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, a kicker, and a defense with six bench slots. Total of 15 15 spots. How should you be targeting each position, and how many of each position do you need to get? We're going to go over that right now. So, first, let's start with the easiest positions that you can that, that you can get in fantasy football. It starts with the kicker. The kicker should always, absolutely be your last pick in the draft. Do not take a kicker early. There is virtually no uh, strategic benefit to taking a kicker early. Um, Last year's number one kicker was Jason Sanders of the Miami Dolphins, which is interesting because he was not drafted last year. So just just consider that. Uh, But the number 12 kicker last year was Will Lutz of New Orleans. Now, uh, Jason Sanders got 172 fantasy points. Will Lutz got 135 fantasy points. That means that um, there was only a difference of 2.3 points per week between the number one kicker and the number one and the number 12 kicker in fantasy football. Again, there is virtually no advantage to taking to taking a kicker early. There just isn't. And and the other thing is the only the reason why you only need to take one kicker um, is because every week there's going to be approximately 20 kickers on the waiver wire for you to pick from if you don't like the one you got. It is super easy to find a very suitable replacement during the season. So don't bother with it. Don't worry about it. Take one kicker at the very end of your draft. That's all you need to know. Just one. Now, the next easiest position to roster is the defense. And again, you only need to roster one. Do not take a second defense in these kind of a leagues. Um, again, it's because on any given week, you're going to find that there is approximately 20 defenses on the waiver wire to choose from. And defenses are very much dependent on the matchup. And, And that's why I typically just stream the defense position. When I'm looking at defenses, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that has a great early season schedule, like the first two or three weeks of the season, where they've got great matchups with lots of opportunities for turnovers and, and sacks. Um, and those are the defenses that I, um, that I choose. Now, uh, again, the difference between the number one defense and the number 12 defense on a given year is just a little bit about the same as a kicker. 
Uh, the number one defense last year was the Rams, who got 151 fantasy points. The number 12 defense was the New England Patriots, who got 108 fantasy points. The difference from that, again, 2.68 points per week. That's it. Between the best and the worst starting, starting defense, that's it. And if you stream, you can actually do better than the, you know, than just rostering one defense and rolling with them the whole year. Again, very much matchup dependent. So who am I targeting this year? Well, uh, first of all, the defense should be your second to last pick. Don't take a defense early. Again, there's no advantage. You don't get any advantage from taking, you know, a big name, from taking the Rams early or taking Baltimore early. There's just not that much of an advantage to it. I am personally targeting Buffalo, Denver, or the Vikings at the very end of my fantasy draft. Um, Buffalo's first three weeks are Pittsburgh at Miami, Washington. Uh, again, great opportunities for turnovers from suspect quarterbacks. Um, that's what you're looking for. Um, Denver, fantastic early season schedule at the New York Giants, at the Jacksonville Jaguars, then the New York Jets at home. Talk about a gold mine for turnovers with those quarterbacks. It is a, it is rock solid matchups for the first. That's why I'm like, I'm getting Denver in essentially every draft I'm doing right now because I love that early season schedule so much. Um, also consider the Vikings who are at Cincinnati, at Arizona, and then the Seahawks at home. Not quite as good, but again, these are defenses you can get at the very end of your draft. Uh, they are available at nearly... <laughs> Every single draft I do, they are available right at the end. You don't have to worry about it. Don't bother with the higher-ranked defenses because, again, the, the, the benefit is minimal on a week-to-week -week basis. You need to make up, those, um, make up these points with other positions. And just to give you, just to give you an idea of why, the, why it's so meaningless, this 2.3 or 2.6 points per week, um, the difference between the number one running back and the number 12 running back was 10.7 points per week. That's substantial. That is a lot. Um, so don't worry about these two positions. Last two picks of your draft, take, take, take whatever is available. Um, now, moving on. The next deepest position is quarterback. Now, it's not quite as deep as the defense or the kicker, but on any given week, you're going to find approximately 16 or so quarterbacks available on the waiver wire. Now, I am not the kind of person that just wants to stream a quarterback. I'm, I'm not there, but I can see why you would. I can see the strategy related to that. Um, and it's just because it's a very deep position. Very easy to pick someone up off of waivers. Uh, and and um, although the difference is pretty substantial, uh, the number one between the number one quarterback and the number 12 quarterback, uh, number one last year was Josh Allen, who got 406 points. The number 12 uh, quarterback was Matt Ryan, who got 293 points. That's a difference of seven points per, per week. So that is, it's more substantial, so it is riskier to stream quarterbacks. Um, you know, uh, of course, uh, you know, you can go out and get yourself an elite quarterback. You spend that early pick. Um, I'm only inclined to do that in smaller leagues. I like to wait. And the reason is because each of the past three seasons, the number one quarterback has been gotten in the quarterback 8 to 12 range. Last year it was Josh Allen. The year before it was Lamar Jackson. The year before that it was Patrick Mahomes. So 
who are the guys that are currently going in that range? And it's guys like Justin Herbert or uh, um, uh, or Tom Brady. You know, I, I mean, there, there, there's there's really good options there. There's also Joe Burrow just outside that range. Trevor Lawrence right outside that range. Um, you know, so th there are some high upside play quarterbacks that you can get later on. And when you're in a larger league, when you're in a 12 team or larger league where depth is super important, um, I like to wait on the quarterback, wait as long as you can. And there's many times that I've waited. I've watched all 11 other teams get their quarterback. I can go two more rounds and then I can get someone like Stafford. You know, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that or Burrow. You know, I mean, again, they're, they're, it's it's a very deep position. The way quarterbacks play is, is the, the top few are, are substantially better than the rest. But then it kind of plateaus out. And when you get to like the quarterback six to the quarterback 16, the difference on those players is about one to two points per week. It's not that much. So if you're not going going all out to get yourself an elite option, just, you know, just wait. Get a nice mid-round pick or wait for one of these late-round guys. There's really good options at all points of the fantasy draft, but you only need one. Don't draft a second one, uh, and there will be decent options that you can stream off the waiver wire on any given week. Just know that for the upcoming season. Um, now, the next position is, is, again, you only want to get one, but it's for a completely different reason than these other three. These other three, super deep, super easy to get a suitable, startable option on a week-to-week -week basis. The tight end position is the thinnest position in the NFL. And really, it's, it's basically very, very top-heavy. You've got the top three options, the elite options. You got Kelsey, you got Kittle, you got Waller at the top, and then everybody else. And, and um, just to give you an idea of that, last year the number three tight end only had 52 receptions, and, and that was Robert Tanyan. So, uh, again, he, he's just – and the reason why he was the number three tight end is because he got, he got touchdowns. He got 11 touchdowns. And, and touchdowns are the, le are the hardest thing to predict for fantasy football. They're the least sticky um, stat – that you can consider when taking a guy. And the problem with the tight end position is that it is filled with guys that are going to get you 50 catches for 500 yards and five touchdowns. That's their, that's going to be their season long stats. And when it comes to those players, they are absolutely worthless for fantasy. Unless you happen to start them on a week, they get a touchdown. That's what it comes down to. So when it comes to tight ends, just roster one. You only need one. And the reason is because that second tight end that you would draft is not going to be any better than any guy you could pick up off of the waivers. Um, so that's just what it comes down to. And, and on any given week, there's probably going to be uh, 16 to 17 tight ends available. Uh, and you'll be able to know which defenses are the worst against the tight end position, and then you start that tight end. A couple years ago, it was uh, it was the Cardinals. The Cardinals were the absolute worst against the tight end position. They got torched every single week, and what I ended up doing was just streaming whatever tight end was playing the Arizona Cardinals. I would pick that tight end up, and I would play him, and it worked out very well. Um, but, but again, with the tight ends, you just don't need to, you don't need to draft two. It makes no sense. You definitely need to focus on the, on the wide receivers and the running backs when it comes to the rest of your roster. So here we are, we're, we're four positions in, you're only drafting four players total, one kicker, one defense, one quarterback, one tight end. 
Now the next two positions are, uh, again, the most important for fantasy football. Uh, but the first one I'm going to talk about is the wide receivers. And the reason is, is because the wide receiver position is absolutely the deepest position. It is the easiest to get yourself startable options for your fantasy league. And, and so what I say, the optimal strategy for wide receivers is it's the number of wide receiver slots you have plus the number of flex slots plus one. So in, a, in this typical setup that we're talking about, you would need to roster four wide receivers. But I need to make the caveat that you need four startable wide receivers. Now, the good news is, is because the wide receiver position is so deep, and really from rounds four to rounds eight, it is you, there are so many excellent wide startable wide receiver options in that range that, that you will be able to roster this position just fine. I also like the fact that the wide receiver position is generally much more durable than the running back position. So that's why you don't need to roster as much. And your ability to get a decent emerging option off the waiver wires is greater than running backs. So I want to just talk to you about last year. Uh, now, last, last year, um, uh, this is why you don't need to go in heavy on wide receivers early, okay? La last year's round four through eight was loaded with the following players. Here's players you can get in the fourth round last year uh, or later, fourth to eighth. Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. They were all in that range. You also had uh, rookies, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, a couple of those were in the 48 range, but Chase Claypool was mostly undrafted. He was a guy you could have picked up off of waivers for the most part. Late round players, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Cole Beasley, Nelson Aguilar. These were guys that you could get in like the, the 11th through 15th round last year. So this is what I'm talking about. There are plenty of fantastic wide receiver options available through the draft. Get yourself four startable players in this sort of build. And then um, what I like to say is maybe if you want, speculate on a fifth pick late. So I want to just tell you, first of all, these are the current wide receivers that are going in the fourth to eighth round of fantasy drafts. Listen to this list. It's amazing. Um, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham Jr., Chase Claypool, Robbie Anderson, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jerry Judy, Tyler Boyd, Michael Thomas, Devonta Smith, DJ Chark, Antonio Brown, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel. If I had four of these players, I would be perfectly happy my fantasy team. I mean, I'm like, I would be very confident to put these guys out every week in my wide receiver slots and maybe my flex slot. I mean, that is the fourth through eighth round, guys. I mean, just excellent, excellent options. So you don't need to, you don't really need to spend early on a wide receiver, although you can, uh, you know, if you want to spend maybe one of your first three picks, get yourself an elite option and then get three more off of this list. That's good. That's very good. I, I like that too. Um, but, but that's what we're talking about. You don't need to spend early on wide receivers, load up in the fourth through eighth rounds on these guys and, and, and like I said, for the most part, you'll need four. 
Maybe you take five, but four is good. And, and these are all very good, reliable players, too. There's not a lot of low reliability players here um, outside of maybe someone like Cortland Sutton, who is risky, uh, Michael Thomas, who is risky because he's, he's recovering from that injury. Uh, but uh, most of these guys are mid to high reliability players, so they're, they're, they're good options. Um, and as far as the late round uh, wide receiver, if you want to go for a fifth, um, you want to get yourself a high upside player, find a guy that you think is going to play in the slot or has the opportunity to achieve a larger role through injury from players above him. Um, but guys that I like right now, Gabriel Davis, Rondell Moore, Jalen Rager, Terrace Marshall. These are all guys that I'm very interested in in the late rounds, you know, 12 to 15, grab one of these guys and they might work out. And if they don't, it's no big deal because they're a 12th through 15th round pick. But that's my overall strategy for wide receivers. So now we've, we've taken a total of eight players, one tight end, one quarterback, one kicker, one defense, and four wide receivers. We got seven slots yet left. Who do we get with those seven slots? Well, I'll tell you what, man, you get running backs. You load up on running backs. That's going to be your single largest position. And the reason is because this is, the, uh, this is a very shallow position, very top-heavy. Not quite as bad as tight ends, but very top-heavy. Uh, typically, all the top 50 value running backs will be gone by the end of the third round in most drafts. Um, so it, so you got to spend early picks on them. And then um, the other situation with running backs is it's, a, it, it's the most brutal position. They take the most punishment, and they miss the most time. Last year, only two players— only two running backs played all 16 games. Everyone else missed some time during the course of the season. So there's going to be opportunities here for players that you're going to get to, to be starters. So, so um, how do I typically do it? Well, my typical strategy with running backs is I like to spend two of my first three picks on running backs. Get myself two elite options in the position. Then in the mid-rounds, like, you know, four to six, maybe get myself one more high upside running back. There's some good names in the middle rounds. Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne are three guys that I really like in the middle rounds. Um, and then as you move into the, the round, uh, you know, eight through 12, right in that range, um, I look for players, running backs with a substantial secondary role. Uh, my typical threshold is 150 touches and targets. And, and so guys like A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, Kenyon Drake, Latavius Murray are guys that I like to target in the middle rounds because of that. Um, and then finally, in the late rounds, uh, I like to snag handcuffs of low-reliability players. Uh, so when I look on the board right now, here's who I see. Deontay Booker, who's the backup to Saquon Barkley. Samaj P. Ryan, the backup to Joe Mixon. Darrell Williams, the backup to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Justin Jackson, the backup to Austin Eckler. Although Justin Jackson, I think, kind of will will be in that will be in that RB with a substantial role because I don't think Austin Eckler is he's not a workhorse. He I don't think he's going to get more than about 150 touches. Um, he'll get about 100 targets though, so that's where his value comes from. But there's going to be someone else that's going to take a substantial number of rushing, you know, of, of of rushes. And I think that Justin Jackson is one of those guys. But Ramondi Stevenson. Who's the backup to, De to Damian Harris? Savin Ahmed, the backup to Miles Gaskin. These are all guys you can get late. They're all available after round 12. And, and just, just load up. Get, get two or three or four of these guys. And I'm telling you what, during the course of the season, they are going to become valuable. 
Um, and that's, that is my optimal build. So it's going to be seven running backs, four wide receivers, and then one each of the, of, of the kicker, defense, quarterback, tight end. That's it. That's the, all, that's, that's the optimal build for fantasy football this season. So go try this out. Do some mock drafts and let me know what you think of your build when you do this. And, and so, um, uh, but I, I think you're going to be very happy with your team by, uh, by doing this sort of an optimal build. Uh, don't roster a second quarterback. Don't roster a second tight end or a defense or a kicker. It is a waste of a pick. And you're just going to end up dropping that player after a few weeks because they're not going to be worth it. And, and, and there you go. Uh, roll into the season with a build like that. You're going to be fine. Now, if you have a larger bench, you might want to add a second quarterback and a second tight end. Uh, I am playing in some leagues where it's, uh, I have a 10-seat bench. And in those sort of leagues, yes, I, would, I will definitely roster a second quarterback and a second tight end because those positions are going to be a lot thinner because you're going to, instead of having like the top 180 players taken off the board, you're going to have the top 240 players taken off the board. So it's going to be a lot thinner at quarterback and tight end, it's going to be much harder to find an alternative if yours doesn't work out or for bye weeks. Um, so uh, when it comes to those sort of leagues, yes, I would take a second quarterback and a second tight end if it's eight or more bench slots. Uh, but that's the only time I would do it. So what do you think of this build? Uh, why don't you leave a comment down below? Let's talk about it. And, and of course, don't forget to like. I do appreciate the likes and I do appreciate the subscribes. So thank you very much for watching. I hope you liked this. I hope you found it very informative and we will talk again soon. Good luck, everybody.